I'm a motherfucking beast girl In this jungle out here I'ma mean that shit sometimes I won't mean that shit I'm trying to find a way to beat that shit Tell you exactly what you wanna hear And I'm, I'ma have fun with it Give me your heart and I'll run with it Give it back in pieces when I'm done with it Hello everyone and welcome to The Relationship DNA I am your co-host Anthony Smalls And we sitting here with my other co-host Say your name, gangster. Dominique Renee, what's going on y'all? How y'all feeling? Doing good, doing good. So as y'all know, this is the first attempt, the first episode that we're going to try to put down for y'all. And the topic for this show is, what should we teach each other about men and women in relationships? Mm. You know, uh, we're growing up in a society where everybody is about their money, about their coins, but nobody figured about how did that translates into their relationships? How do they tend to sacrifice or even settle for the right situation because everybody feels like you know they're up and coming or they got so much going on so it's hard to you know give up a little a little a little control and let somebody else come in and help out so uh, before we get into that uh we got this first section session that we call morning affirmation it's Good morning. The opening. it's the opening of how do you feel about today some words of encouragement so I will toss it to my co-host. Got any good words for the people? I do. Um, I was thinking about what I should express or talk about. And um, there was one book that really changed my life. Um, when I was going through a lot of hardship and transition in my life, a friend met up with me. Her name is Crystal. And she gave me this book. It's called The Path Made Clear. It's all busted up because this book did come rain sleet or snow this book was with me and really was a guide to like really help me basically it was um all the interviews that oprah winfrey did with all like people in her life and they kind of like gave their 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 tips and success stories even their triumphs and their tribulations um in here and this book like really saved my life like when i opened it i just looked at people's adversity or their positivity and things like that so one thing I feel like we do have is a lot of clutter so um there's a piece in this book by Bishop T.D. Jakes where he states if we can get the clutter out of our mind we can get the guilt out of our mind if we can get the shame out of our mind we can get the worry out of our mind if we get the busyness out of our mind then all of a sudden we're going to have ideas, which are seeds and the seeds of a good idea planted firmly in your mind. When you believe in yourself, you believe in your potential. Mm. And this, and it's weird because this was not even in the front page. This was, I, I opened the book and this was the first thing I read. And I was like, you know what? I got to get all the negativity out of my head. I have to get all the doubt, all the trauma, all the different things out of my life. And once I started doing that, and once I just kept reading and being positive, I was able to fluster out so much at, um, ideas and really just focus on the now and not the past. So I hope that gives a little aspiration to people and give them a little hope. Cause I feel like with everything going on in the world today, we have so much clutter. We have so much, tri- you know, trials and tribulations with, you know, COVID and, being quarantined in the house, not being able to share our, our space with our family and friends how we used to. So I feel like 
if we focus on the good times, we focus on, you know, getting through this and just making the best that we can during this time, I think, you know, we'll be good. Mm-hmm. That's a good, 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 good word for the morning for the, for the, for the, for the folks of the flock. Oh, so let me see. How can I tie that in? Uh, I'll <laughs> say my word would be uh, whatever you focus on will magnetize. So if you focus on the negative, you have negative thoughts, negative outcomes, negative presets. If you focus on the positive, then you should have the reverse outcome. So be aware of what you're paying attention to, where you're, where you're putting your thoughts, where you're putting your energy. If it's always negative, you, you'll never have a positive outcome. All right. That is true. So with that being said, all right, y'all. So we're about to transition into the next, 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 next segment of the show, which is Ask Him, Ask Her. So how Ask Him, Ask Her came up is I'm a part of a group called Playtime Worldwide. Been out for about six, seven years. We do um, adult game nights uh, every month, uh, community service and um, get togethers and stuff like that. So I host a segment called Ask Him on Mondays and there's a segment called Ask Her on Wednesdays. If you got an opportunity, please join the Facebook group. It's Playtime Worldwide on Facebook. And you can be a part of that segment in those platforms as well. So right now we're going to get into the first question. We'll throw it to Damo, D. Renee. What's your question that you got? So my question that I have is, why do men ghost instead of communicating loss of interest? Mm -hmm. So answer that for I don't know. I just feel like you would feel as as a a man, you would want to be able to communicate your feelings. Like, okay, I'm not feeling you. I feel like women we are we're more open with our feelings okay that's who we are just dna and genetics Mm -hmm. but you could be vibing with a guy and everything is cool and a guy will just out of the blue like ghost you like you'll ask a question or you'll you may you know see where this is going and stuff without even just saying okay i lost interest in you they just ghost so 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 is that all women are able to communicate and all men aren't able to communicate? Or? No, I only based on my situations. Like okay. a lot of my girlfriends, they have situations where they're really liking this guy and the vibe is good. And all of a sudden they just ghost. They go, they, we don't know where they went. Like, it's like they died. It's like, it's crazy. And it's why, why men feel like they can't communicate with all the men that we have dealt with in mm-hmm. that situation feel they can't communicate. And it's like, okay, you could be open with that person sexually. You could be open with that person about anything else. But when it comes to their feelings and their emotions, when they don't want to answer that question or they feel like they're being put up against the wall or they feel like it's a moment of vulnerability or they're uncomfortable, they ghost instead of saying, you know, I've lost interest or I don't want to answer that question right now or that makes me feel uncomfortable or this is not the right time to talk about that. Can we talk about this another time? Why just ghost the person? Like, that's just the ultimate disrespect in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Let me ponder on that. <laughs> I think, uh, it depends on the person's 
liking of the other person. I don't think we all ghost. I just think the the least amount of like that you have for the person, the more likely that you don't care their feelings. Yeah. It's hard to spare feelings for somebody that you don't care about. And I don't know how to explain it on, on a guy's perspective. I can only bring it back to you got to also be careful of who you decide to entertain. Mm. Are you do you know you're entertaining somebody with a spirit that will ghost you? That part. What 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 about this person in the beginning didn't make them seem like a ghoster or didn't mm-hmm. make them seem like a bad communicator? And that's on both men and women's side. I, I think it's really important that you get into the essence of who you're dating through their energy, through their vibe. And you can sometimes sense a good communicator. And if you don't know a good communicator, guess what? Ask questions to see how they communicate. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll know if they're a ghost. <laughs> That's when it seems like they go ghost. Like when you try to open up or try to, you know, touch different topics that they don't want to speak on. Like I, we're, you know, we're human. And if something's uncomfortable, you don't want to speak on it. I'm the type of person, I'm an open book, but there are things that I'm very uncomfortable speaking with people in the beginning when I first get to know them. Cause I know I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've learned that people need to know you in layers and times because if I sit down with somebody and I'm having a vibe, I'll tell you my whole life story. Cause I'm an open book. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. I'm not afraid to share my experiences, my traumas and the things I've been through, but some people it that's too much for them. You know, that too much factor or um, in time, but I just feel like at a certain age, and even times that we're in right now, who's to say we have time, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's, it's gets complicated. And I just feel like ghosting is just, is so f- cool now. Like, okay, I got ghosts no, next. Like, why should we accept it? Like, I mean, there's nothing you could do to person's ghost. You can't go follow them. You can't stalk them and be FBI. And like, why are you ghosting me? But the thing about it is why is that a form of communication now? It's like verbal, non-verbal ghosting. Like it's it's the third communication now. So you know what I got a question for you since you 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 brought that up. Mm-hmm. The question I would have for anybody that's listening: Why would you care if you're ghosted? Mm. If you didn't sacrifice enough, if you didn't give them the best of you, why do you care if they go ghost? That is so true. So I um was listening to a post and a. It was this guy was very interesting, his perspective. He was like, if you handed somebody gold and they didn't take it, how would you feel? You would feel like that person is stupid, right? Because you're giving them something worth money Mm -hmm. and they don't want it. And then he was like, that's how you got to look at yourself. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm giving you a piece of me, which you are gold, and if somebody doesn't want it, like then you need to laugh at them for being stupid. So when he put that analogy out like that, I was like, you know, it makes sense. We don't cherish ourselves. We don't put worth on ourselves. We put all this energy into people who are not reflecting that energy back to us. Mm. And it boils down to knowing your worth. And it's like a lot of females, we feel sometimes that we we give ourselves and we we get a little bit of attention or we get... um a little bit of time and we feel like that's enough and we don't look at the signs like you said we don't look at the behaviors we don't look at when other questions or other things you have asked and they don't respond back what kind of behavior you get 
until the time you get permanently ghosted. It may be like, okay, you ask a question and you don't get a response back until like six hours later. But now you're not getting a response back at all. So you should have known if that person was, you know, texting you up a storm when it came to something sexual. And then when you're trying to talk about something real or you're trying to talk about things that's going on in your life and they're not showing that same urgency, then that should have been the sign right there that that's not the person for you. But we don't look at that. Wow. So let's talk about the goal thing. Yeah. So first I would ask, what is the importance of goal? What is goal? What value does goal have? Well, gold is um, a material. It's 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 prized as royalty. It's prized as showing you have status or worth or or it's a material. I think I guess it's a, a material. It's it's a value like money. Oh, OK, let me interject now. Yeah. What is gold to a person that doesn't value gold? Nothing. So why are you upset that somebody doesn't value your gold if they don't see you as gold? Wouldn't the best thing be to give your gold self to a person that values gold? Exactly. I think a lot of times with social media and with people in this current climate, we want everybody to be fitting to the molds of who we think we are or Mm -hmm. who we believe we are. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the world will show you that yeah, you, you don't have the value that you think you have for me. Mm. So you have to go out and find the person that values you for you. That values your gold. You like, might you be like, gold, but yeah. somebody might like platinum. Somebody silver. might like silver. So like yeah, you got to be, be aware of, of who you're giving your gold self to. You got to go to somebody mm. that value gold. And in order to see if they value gold, it takes some time. But one thing that you also said was, when you're having the sexting back and forth, you get fast responses. And mm-hmm. then when you talk about something serious, you don't. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a hint and a half for that ass that they don't value you? <laughs> so why do you for care? That ass. <laughs> Give them an opportunity to show yes. who they really are and believe them the first time. I believe so them the first time. If yeah. everything is on and popping for sex and then everything is quiet for everything else, you got to say, okay. Am I hurt more because I like this person more than I like me? Or am I hurt more because the thought that I have of this person that I like is not what I thought it should be? And I love what you just said. You said, do I like this person more than I like me? And when sometimes you got to put a perspective like that. And when you're in the moment and you caught up in your feelings, you're not really even thinking about yourself. Mm. You're just thinking about that feeling that you have when you're with that person. But as you said, I'm putting this person over me. I'm not thinking about myself. Like you really dumbing yourself down for somebody who doesn't like gold. They out here liking silver. Mm-hmm. That's very important. You got to be aware of where you place your value, where's your value rank within society, and how do you react to somebody not seeing the same the value in you that you that you think you see in yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't go into McDonald's and say, "Give me Pizza Hut." Sometimes you got to go into Pizza Hut and say. No, I really like a pizza because you make the best pizza. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes. All right, so, so I will go to the question I had. And okay. this is the question I got. It says, son, I'm sick of paying for dates. <laughs> why, why do women want you to go broke just to get at them? I need an answer, son. So for that person or anybody like that person that's complaining about 
paying for dates or going on too many dates and not reaping anything from the investment. You I feel don't. Like, oh, mm-hmm, sorry. Cut okay. me off when it was asked him. It was my question. <laughs> I thought you was done. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to throw it and then throw it back to you. Um, I would mm-hmm. say the person that goes on a date, it doesn't always have to be of monetary value. Sometimes it could just be the experience. And sometimes the experience doesn't cost a lot. Yeah. Sometimes experience, the experience is just how creative you are. It can be very inexpensive, but be the flyest date she's ever experienced. But if you think that showing your worth and value of being invested in, in, in courting a woman is just how much you spend, then don't be mad that you spent on something that wasn't worth the investment. Well, I think you just answered your own question. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't my question. <laughs> Or bro question. I think you answered it for him. Um, Or for me, you answered it for me. I feel like, I don't know, I might get attacked for this, but I'm going to say it. I feel like they're not doing the work. They're not really getting to know the female. If you, if I, I mean, I like an expensive date. If you're going to take me to Philippe, I'm going to go. But the thing about it is, if you took me to, I love Italian food, you take me to authentic Italian like spot in the Bronx. One of my favorite Italian spots is Frankie and Johnny's in the Bronx. If you take me there, and it's not even, it's not, I mean, it's you it's value food, but it's not Philippe. So it's like if you took the time to listen to me that, oh, she likes, you know, fettuccine and she likes, you know, she's a Bronx girl, so she likes Frankie and Johnny's. Let me take her there. Or even if open me up to something new, like have you ever been to this this best pizza spot? Like they have the best pizza ever. If I and I love pizza. If you take me to a pizza spot that I ain't never been to, and the, the pizza's well done, people laugh at me because I, I say whenever I go to get a, a slice of pizza, I say, "Can I get the the slice well done?" Like if it's steak or something. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if it's a Bronx thing, but I just I just like my I be like, "Can I get a slice well done?" And they understand what I mean when I say that. So. I feel like, and I love coffee. If you take me to a, a a cafe that's playing some good music and it's the best coffee I've ever had in my life, I'm going to talk about you in the group chat. I'm going to be like, listen, he took me to this dope spot. And he even know how my, like, and I talk about how I'm a coffee drink. I drink coffee every morning. So it's like, if you, t- if you ask me, how do you like your coffee? And I meet you and you have a cup of coffee the way that I like it, you got me. So I just feel like we're not answering, we're not asking the right questions. We're not, we're not really doing the work. Mm. And and I just feel like we use luxury for an excuse to court. Like, oh, well, I took her to Philippe. So I took her to this restaurant. I took her there. And I'm like, okay, but did you ask her what she wanted or what she liked? Did you even have a conversation before you even tried to take her out on a date? Like, are we asking the right questions? Are we doing the work? Well, I'm going to say, say if you take her to a coffee shop, get some points. If you take her to get some pizza, you get some points. Yes. But I will point out that um, what I learned in, in, in courting, because I've been through this before, where mm-hmm. you're trying to impress somebody. And because of what you've seen, and it was, you know, I was younger then, so that's what my thought process was. If I take her to an expensive restaurant, then I sh- it shows that I like her. And I was blowing a lot of money and not getting second dates. Mm-hmm. And then I went out with somebody I didn't like and I didn't do anything, but they kept pushing and trying to get another date and kept trying to go further. And I realized 
That was my epiphany. The people that like you don't give a fuck what you do. They like you. And mm-hmm. they will try to do their best to get you to like them. So maybe you should start dating people that already like you and not somebody you got to impress. That is true. And you know what? I stopped going at this age in my 30s. I don't want to go on dates with people that I like. Before I would go on a date with anybody, you want to take me out? Oh, I get to get cute. Now I'm like, nah. But like my time, my time is very valuable now. So if you take me out on a date, I like you. So let's go get a slice well done. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I say about the dating thing is um, sometimes you just got to do what you want to do and not what the person wants to do. That's your opportunity to expose them to who you are. Exactly. What's good about you. Yeah. You create create the date around things that you like. And after that date, if they're not intrigued, then you know that they're not for you. Mm -hmm. And lastly, if you're eating, what are you not doing? You're not talking. Thank you. <laughs> so how do you get to know each other? You just ate a lot of food, got sleepy, and then what? <laughs> so I'm going to take you somewhere where I can actually converse. I get it. But do you feel people are talking? I don't feel like people, I feel like people are like, well, me, I'm still dating. So I feel like people are not getting to know each other. Like a guy like you hit you up in the DM and then, okay, when we going to meet? Like, how do you know you're going to even like me? Like, you may like my pictures. You may like the funny memes that I post. So you may like what I, you know, me, video chat, whatever you see. Like, if you see me on Playtime or something like that, or you see me in a group chat with my friends. But you don't know me as a person, like me as Dominique. So it's like, are we taking the time to even make a phone call? Are we, like, maybe I work nights and you work days and that just doesn't work for us. Like, how how do you get to know me before... Like, do you think you should, how many phone conversations should we have before we have a first date? Let me ask you that question. So I don't know how many phone conversations you should have before a first date, but <laughs> I, you've known me for a while. I'm a talker. Yeah. I talk. I ask questions. I'm curious to know what you're thinking. I'm curious to know your thought process. So I'm going to ask the right questions to get you to answer the, to answer what I think I need to know if it's working. If that's me. Mm-hmm. And I think more people should do that, but you can't criticize a generation of people that don't communicate because of all of the technology that's in place that made it impossible to communicate or converse. You're right. You're like, right. Like before, when I was a kid, we had, my mother brought us all the video games, but we could never have company. Mm-hmm. We were all outside. There was a thousand kids outside in the park. We all knew each other. We all playing games. We all fighting and being friends. Nobody shooting, stabbing nobody. And now you got these kids who never go outside, but they got a thousand kids all over the country that they know. They're like, oh, that's my boy. And we play mm-hmm. Call of Duty together, but they never met each other. They're not even in the same region. So how can you learn how to communicate or converse with people if you don't have those skills yeah. in place right now? So you I can't mean, be even- mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. And then I look at it, even my generation, like I cannot with, and I'm a terrible texter. I text the way I talk. So I'm going to say one sentence and it's going to like, if I have a whole paragraph, it's going to be like seven messages. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I just hate texting, especially when it's long conversations. I'd rather do like little voice note things, but then that's, that's not really, you know, conducive or like a flow of communication. And I can say that I was conditioned to it. Like I dated a lot of guys who just text. So finally, when I dated somebody who calls me, I'm just like, hello, 
Like, <laughs> like I had to like, why is he calling me all this? Like, like what's going on? Like, and it's like, wow, Dominique, you really were conditioned to something you don't really like. You like mm-hmm. to talk. So why are you have some, like, why are you second guessing? Why is he calling me so much? Like, you know, like this is what you want. And it's like, you kind of took yourself out of the things that you want because you're so used to the things that you're getting and you're, and you're settling. And it's like, why do I have to settle? You know, because you feel like that's what everybody else is doing. Everybody but, else is texting. So I got it text. But isn't it ironic? We are society of conditions, mm-hmm. but we, we question what we actually want from people. <laughs> it was like, oh, you're not like everybody else. So something's wrong with you. But yeah. I've been asking for this. And maybe this is the universe saying, hey, finally giving you somebody that you wanted. You waited, you did the right things, but now everything that he does is going to be challenged based off of him being different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to assess that. That's a you. That's a you thing. Only you can That's answer you. that. That's a you thing. You got, and sometimes we have to learn what's a you thing and what's, you know, you get conditioned by all the, you know, the bad dates and the and the trauma. And then finally, when somebody's showing you something, you think it's a gimmick or you think, mm-hmm. oh no, this ain't right. It's too good to be true. And it's like, okay, maybe it's your time now, girl. It's your time. <laughs> the way that so, my brain works is I will have conversation with you and I'll log everything that you say that mm-hmm. makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And then eventually during our next conversation, I'm going to challenge those viewpoints to see if that's truly who you are. So if you say you're a talker, I'm going to create questions to make you talk. If you say that you hate controversy and stuff like that, I might give you a little controversy just to see what you, how you react. I'm curious to know why don't you like it? Do mm-hmm. you have good conflict resolution skills? Do you, can you control yourself when you're emotional? So I challenge everything that people say in a conversation. I'm like, okay, wait, next conversation. I remember he said this, this, she said this, this, and that. I'm going to challenge them on that with a question and see how they react. That's, that's how my brain works. And then I feel like we're in a society of like just giving up. Like, we don't give up on our job. Like, we don't give up when our boss get out. We'll stay We'll stay at a job for five years knowing we can't stand our boss. We can't stand our job. But we can't, we disagree with somebody and we're ready to just get rid of them. So, it's like, so let me bring it back to the topic because I don't mm-hmm. want to go all over the place. I know. Between men and women, mm-hmm. who do you think gives up the most? <sighs> Based on my, I'm gonna say this based it's on my cool experience. <laughs> so nobody come after me. Mm-hmm. I would say men. And I would say why? I would say based on the experiences that I've seen with my friends and situations that I've been in and relationships that they have all given up. And I never forget there was this one relationship that I was in and we were madly in love. Like, I really thought this was the one. And he chose another girl over me because he said if he was to choose me, he would be taking a risk. And he's not sure that he's not. I just I want to quote him right. He said if he chose me, he would be taking a risk. He knows that the other girl will always be want to be with him but with me down the years he don't know if I would stay because I was younger at that time than him and they had a they already had a relationship and a rapport and and they were in a relationship before so that was like her first love her only and he's like she's only been with me she only knows me so I know if I go back to that that's all she's gonna want but if I 
No, I'm going to ask you. Go ahead. How old were you? At that time, I was 26. So I'm going to use a quote that somebody I follow says all the time. Zoe would say, so you 13 twice. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make sense of a 13-year-old brain twice? <laughs> no. So how are you going to try to equate men as quitters from that experience? That's my one. Do. I ain't done. I oh, said that was one. Okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one that you gave. So That's, that's the, the one, one that I gave. About. Okay. So give one based off of your friends that equates that men quit the most. I had a friend mm-hmm. who her spouse cheated on her a lot. Mm-hmm. And the tables turned. And he couldn't handle it. And he left her. Interesting. Now, is that a quitting mindset or is that just a dynamic of men and women? That's what I'm going to ask you. It could be a little bit of both because they say that that it's harder for men to to forgive, you know, a woman for cheating than it is vice versa. So it could be both. It could be the dynamic of how you know, society is or how the makeup of a man versus a woman, or it could be, you know, just general that men are, um, you know, they quit easily when it comes to relationships. I'm not going to say quit easily, but I will say it is the makeup of a man versus the makeup of a woman. Okay. And I will simplify it by saying, you ever heard of the term bend and break? Mm -hmm. Women will bend, men will break. And that has to do with the, the, with the masculinity, the testosterone, or whatever you want to call it. Men tend to break things when they get angry. Mm-hmm. Women tend to bend. So I don't think it's a quit thing. It's like, he did what he did. Now she did it back to him. He can't take it because mm-hmm. he's angry. So he's breaking. Mm-hmm. That's not a quit. You know okay. what I'm saying? So and, okay. I will throw back. I'll give you a little pushback. All right. In terms of American numbers, mm-hmm. most of the articles that I've written and also the experts that I've listened to when it comes mm-hmm. to relationships, especially marriages, mm-hmm. women file for 80% of the divorces. That's a quit. That is resolving a marriage saying, I am done. I can't deal with you no more. Mm-hmm. So when you say men quit, I'm like, I don't really hear men quitting. I normally hear men staying. Even if the thing is messed up, they'll stay. They don't think of out. They don't think of leaving. Women normally be like, I can't deal with it no more. I'm out. But look at the dive. We, then we got to dive deeper in these statistics. Like, what are the reasons why women are divorcing? Why Why are men staying? Is Are women making it easier for men to stay? And I'm not saying because I'm a, I'm a, I'm just trying to, you know, you, be a little you, devil. You, you're going down that road. I'm going down that road. I'm being devil's advocate. What? Why are they why are they leaving and why are they staying? We need to know why. You know what I'm gonna play for you right now. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god! Stop fucking lying. I'm gonna take a sip. Play that one time because I'm just gonna say you didn't answer the question. You can't. It's kind of like a justification. You didn't delve deep into the question. You kind of like, well, why are women making it easy for men to stay? Men normally just stay. It was one era in 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 especially in the black community during mm-hmm. 
the what's the joint the square deal welfare and all stuff like that where mm-hmm. they came out with that law that if you had a man in the household you would be cut off yeah from welfare so a mm-hmm. lot of the men that were married actually left and said yo you get the money here i'll come by and visit and i'll work mm-hmm. and then it was also a champion for women to say get the fuck out yeah but the notion is all these men left and it was like no they didn't leave there was women had an option to kick men out and some mm-hmm. men actually had an option to leave to better do something for the family so that they could try to survive but men normally don't quit you still get hey big head texas to this day yeah. why because men don't quit they just try to see where they fit in your in, in your in your space they don't quit but it's like they of course they're not gonna quit the vagina like that that they have that they want that forever sounds um, like a justification <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Maybe I'm not stating my case correctly. Yeah, yeah, I, you you lose right now. Hold I, on. You I'm, lose I'm, right losing. Now. I'm losing. Uh-huh. I'm 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 <laughs> yeah. You about to finish me. You could you could say that. Finish her. <laughs> so, so when you say men quit, I'm still trying to understand the notion of quitting. You know what? Maybe it's not physically, emotionally. I feel like men are willing to just emotionally evaporate out of a relationship. I've heard a lot of that where a man, a man may stay with a woman in a relationship or they go back and forth into these entanglements or, or situationships. They're physically there, but they're not mentally there. Mm -hmm. So what is making a man, what is making a man emotionally not be there? Like, is it us? I'll ask you this. Yeah. When has a black man in your community, your mm-hmm. family, or within the society has the ability to show emotion? It's not. It's not. Com- it's not. It's not conditioned as a, a trait a man should have. So but when I- will they learn? All these years they're telling you, "Don't cry, man mm-hmm. up." Uh, men are supposed to take responsibility, supposed to be mm-hmm. head of households, but they're not seeing how to release this emotion. Now you're telling out of, out of the blue, they're supposed to learn how to be emotion, express emotion. So I'm asking you, where in the spectrum do men actually have the ability to show emotion in order for you to get emotion? I don't know. I'm confused. Like it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's maybe that's why I'm still single. I don't know. Like I, I don't get it. Like well, well, this this is why we having a conversation. This yeah. is, we're trying to learn more about men and women. And I will mm-hmm. say, I've grown, I've grow up, I've we grew up in New York, and I've seen a lot of younger mothers with sons mm-hmm. kind of beat the hell out of their sons yeah. when they cry. Yeah, it's kind of like he's a kid. He's supposed to cry. Cry. Yeah, but they're kind of manhandling this little one-year-old to be a man at one and then are shocked that they raise a man that don't know how to have emotion yeah. or don't have the freedom to show emotion because even if you cry on the street guess what every other boy is going to do mm-hmm. beat that ass when they get the opportunity like, oh yeah he, he a punk he cries so i could take it out on him so it's it's weird that we're told not to express emotion we shouldn't express emotion but when we're old and we're adults and we're in relationships that we are supposed to know how to express emotion. So let me ask you, as a man, who did you feel comfortable being emotional with growing up? Well, I was an emotional kid, so I don't okay. I don't I don't tap dance or perform for anybody. If I'm angry, you're gonna you're gonna sense it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you're gonna sense it is because everybody says 
you know, you're normally happy. You're always laughing. You're always joking. I'm normally a happy guy. I'm normally singing songs in my head. I'm normally cracking about jokes that I've heard in the past mm-hmm. or I've seen today. So I don't know how to be fake and, 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 and be something that I'm not. So, so you wear your emotions been, on your sleeve. Always. And so that's have why you I can't felt, lie. That, so have you felt comfortable being that way growing up as a black man? Yeah, I'm happy. You see the smile on my face? I'm always like, everybody that knows me So knows what makes you different than other black men? What, what, what was different? It could be the ability that my parents allowed me to be who I am. Although mm. my father is like that manly man, mm-hmm. sometimes if he cry, he be like, "Yo, sometimes you gotta cry. Like, let mm-hmm. that shit out. Don't hold mm-hmm. it in. Just let it out." So, I got that upbringing while mm-hmm. still being in a community where you couldn't cry and you yeah. were punk when you cry. But when you call me a punk as a kid, you gotta beat me in order to prove that I'm a punk. Mm-hmm. So I could cry right now, still beat you up, and still be considered the man on the block. Mm-hmm. But me, I. My mother raised me and my brother on family trips to just talk. And that's why I love talking. Like, what do you feel about this? I heard this article. What do you feel about this? And we always had to give our opinions. And I was the talker. My brother was, I have no opinion. My mother would say, well, why don't you have an opinion? And he had to (laughs) express why he didn't have an opinion. Yeah. So we're very vocal. (laughs) Yeah. So you feel like it's the upbringing, basically. I think it's the upbringing. I think it's the community coupled with the person everybody has different makeups on how their brain works how the emotions work how they react to things how their brain triggers different things so Mm -hmm. it's no number one answer and i think too much in our society we're looking for the number one answer and Mm -hmm. the number and answer normally fits what we either experience or believe what it should be and the world is bigger than that so how do we fix it me as a woman and i'm dating black men because that's my preference mm-hmm. how if a man expressed to me that he doesn't know how to express himself emotionally or he feels that if he's vulnerable he's not you know it makes him less of a man or feel less masculine how do I make him comfortable that he can be vulnerable so uh, you said you said me dating a black man so I'm going to say there's nothing wrong with dating your your own versus dating outside your own. Mm-hmm. The difference is when you use your negative experiences to justify why you won't date your own. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that be like, you know, I've heard people say the black men too. The black man struggle is too much to deal with. And in my mind, I'm like, though, the black man struggle is your struggle because y'all come from the same community. Exactly. So you're gonna opt out of your own because you keep picking the wrong person. Mm-hmm. There's millions and millions of people on this planet Earth. We only grow up like we grew up in New York in the city. You know how big New York actually is, the entire state. Yeah. Like I was shocked when we drove to um, Toronto for the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. that It took us eight hours to get out of New York mm-hmm. just to get to Canada. And I'm just like, damn, I never even came up this way. I don't even know what's up here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. If you only date within your borough, you only date to your liking, and your liking might not be the best thing that for you that guides your judgment. Because a lot of times, how can I say this? People will date somebody that they like that they know is not good for them, only because it it provokes or evokes an emotion, something that feels comfortable. I've seen 
a woman say to a boy, because you don't grab me, I know you don't love me. But when I think about her background, she comes from an abusive family. Mm-hmm. So that's love to her. Somebody getting mad and grabbing up made her feel loved. And in my mind, I'm like, that's weird because I didn't grow up with that. But I understand why she would say that because she's watched it yeah. her entire life. So I think if you want to improve your relationships, it all starts with you. Mm-hmm. You only have control of you. So you got to either be a different venues uh what what do you love to do your artsy person are you going to art galas and getting a different experience or are you still in the hood trying to make this hood guy this good guy like even if you think I don't about even art- I don't even think that I would say I I like hood guys I just think that um well I think I'm starting to get it together I think through therapy um I have learned my my worth and I, I really have learned not to get in my own way. I have learned accountability. I have learned to see the signs. And um, it's my upbringing. I, I grew up where my mother took my father back like five, six times. And it's like you say, I always looked at my mom like, oh, I'll never be that way. And then it's like, I'm kind of that way. Like how many men have I dated that I've given two or three chances to that I shouldn't have. So it's like, I'm, and I'm not going to blame it on my mom or the, the dynamic I grew up in, but sometimes, you know, like they say, you live in a house and one person will go out the front door or go out the back door or go out the window. And it's like, okay, my mom went out the front door and I always said I was going to go out the back door, but sometimes I feel like I'm going out the front door because that's, that's the way I, that's the only way I know. Mm-hmm. It's the quickest way to the bus stop or it's the quickest way to the train. I don't want to take the long way. I don't want to do the work. And sometimes we think that it's right in front of us. But what's right in front of us is because it's easy doesn't mean it's the best. And I, I'm, I'm learning that. I will say this. The more that you try to prevent a situation, the more you can possibly create the situation you don't want. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you got to be careful in trying to be in control because you felt probably, damn, my mom wasn't in control. So I'm going to be in control. But you're not realizing through your control tactics or the way that you are, you might be creating the same situation for a guy that's not even your your father or you that's not even your mother. Mm -hmm. I will say I saw a marriage go downhill because the woman said that her mother was soft and her father was a controller. So she didn't want to be that way. And her trying to control not being controlled, she created the environment with the guy because he kept trying to fight to be free to be a man in the marriage mm-hmm. while she kept fighting to try to be not her mother. And that marriage went downhill. So you just got to be aware of you and control of you and yeah. be understanding of what you're doing in terms of your decisions and the outcomes that you want. Mm-hmm. So if you keep doing the same thing and keep getting the same outcome, it might be a you issue. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm. So we, we, we've been going on for a good conversation about men and women. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to throw some questions at me mm-hmm. so we can delve deeper into understanding men and women. Okay. So um, you go one, I'll go one. All right. How can you, how can you tell a man your needs without bruising his ego? So the first thing I would say to men and women, why do you care if you bruise somebody's ego? Is this not what you need to know 
So just ask it and don't care about hurting somebody's feelings. Is this your qualifier that you need to know that this person is who they are? Then why do you care? You haven't been in a relationship with this person, your oldest person, nothing. Ask the questions you need to get this job. When you go for a job interview, do you mm-hmm. care about how you um, ask your questions that you need to know that you want to take this job? Or no. do you just ask your question? You ask Does the employer questions. ask you, like, do you care about this question? No, you ask, you get the information that you need, and then you take the job based off it. That's exactly what dating is. Dating is mm-hmm. not just something that's supposed to be blissful. It is one, a negotiation, and two, it is something that will expose you to why you are the way you are. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'll say. Just ask the questions you need to figure out if this if this is a job that you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want me to go? Go ahead. Okay. What would you say are the universal character traits of a woman? Mm. The universal character traits of a woman. Emotional. Mm. What um, else? That's it? No, I'm, I'm thinking, because I'm thinking universal. <laughs> I would say nurturing. Even though some women feel like they're not nurturing, I feel like we just have that built in our DNA mm. to be nurturous. So you know what I'm about to do, right? About to challenge you. I'm about to get over here because not too long ago you said men are supposed to be emotional. So are men supposed to be like women? Because that was your first character trait of a woman was emotional and a nurturer. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you want a man to be as emotional as a woman. Then it also seems like you want a woman to be a nurturer, but not have the grace or the patience to allow themselves to nurture a man to a good relationship. Now what I want a man to show emotion. Mm. Okay. Keep going. That's it. I can't have a man. I can't be too emotional and he emotional because I'm very sensitive. So if we both sensitive, it ain't going to work. Cause one of us got to be like, all right, Dominique, you taking this too far. I didn't mean to say it like that. You can't be like, well, you said this. And I'll be like, well, I said that. And it's not going to go nowhere. So we do need a balance. So you know what I'm going to challenge you on, right? Go ahead. You automatically said it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it work? I'm pointing out the fact that you said it's not going to work. So it's like I feel you like already it won't. answered it. So I you're not like going to explore that. I feel like it won't work because it's a, a saying that an emotional person needs a great communicator, which I, I, I feel is good. Me as an emotional person, it was hard for me to communicate my feelings because I felt that if I communicate, communicated my feelings, the person went under completely not under, I had a, I, I, I'm very, vo- I'm very emotional, but not vulnerable. I don't know how that works, but it does. I can be internally emotional about something and sensitive, but I won't tell you because I'm afraid that you'll use it against me. And that's why I've, I've been in therapy because I have to learn that with being emotional, you have to express yourself of your emotions. You have to show vulnerability because I put a, a, a wall up and then you're just thinking, okay, she has no emotion, but I do. I have a lot of emotion, but I'm just scared to show it to you because I feel you'll use that against me. Now I'm going to challenge you. I don't know if everybody else you is just, listening. You're going to challenge I, me to hold it. I, I heard. You know what I heard? <laughs> what? I'm not a good communicator. 
Everything you just said was not good communicative skills while saying I'm a good communicator. I've grown to be a good communicator. I was not a good communicator. I've just became a good communicator within the last year. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I would put up this defense. I would, I would be angry. You wouldn't know why I would not say anything. I would shut down. I would just cut you off. But that's, that's 20 year old stuff. That's what we do in our twenties. We're trying to figure it out. But the question I'm now going to ask you is now that you're saying that that's who you was, Mm -hmm. why do you feel like two emotional people, another emotional person, which you wouldn't work at this stage? Because I feel like the communication has to, I'll put a scenario out there. I feel <laughs> if they're not a good communicator, it's not going to work. But if they're a good communicator, and we're both communicating. Okay, well, you said this and this hurt me. And, and, you know, and then you could say, okay, well, the way you respond hurt me. Then we could talk that out. But I just feel it won't work if we are both not good communicators. So I'm going to clean that up a little bit. Okay, if we so, both cannot communicate our emotions, then it's not going to work. So you do know that that statement is different. Yes. I need a good communicator in order for things to work. Makes more sense than we can't both be emotional. It's just not going to work. Yes, you're right. All right, all right. Just make sure. My bird. Yes. So you said emotional and nurturous. Those those are the universal traits of a woman? Yes. Interesting. All right. I'll I'll let that rock. And hopefully, if anybody listened, they they can throw some questions back on on the traits, on the traits side. And I'll throw it back to you. We're problem solvers. Mm. I feel like we're able to take something and dissect it and figure out other alternatives. I think so. I think we're good problem solvers. So then why ask how you can get men to communicate better? That seems like an easy fix. The male species. That's just not... It's not a cop-out because I felt like... um, let's let's take I can feel like I could figure I feel like I figured out a lot of things in life Mm -hmm. but when it comes to a man or it comes to relationships I'm learning to still trying to figure that out that's been my hardship and I feel like I've conquered things in my life that other like that I felt like will be impossible like revamping my career and educating myself or getting myself out of financial debt and all these other problems that I had, I felt like I was able to solve them, but why can't I solve this? Listen, I'm going to say... Of the opposite sex. I don't disagree with you. I don't want people to think that I'm disagreeing. I think women are wonderful beings, great nurturer, great uh, communicators, uh, great um, problem problem solvers. solvers. But I think in the area of relationships, it might be a little catch-22 to say... It is. That women are great problem solvers, but still can't fo- solve this issue of how to communicate in relationships. But that's what this episode is about, trying to figure it out, right? All right, so I thought about you. What's your, you got a question for me? Let's see. All right, this is a good one for me mm-hmm. um, that I've always, I hear a lot. You know, I used to work with a lot of men. Mm-hmm. And one thing they would say is that they settled, in mm. relationships i hear that a lot like from men well i settled you know and that's why i'm not really that happy and it's like why do guys sometimes settle with someone they they love but not in love with that confuses so, me i am going to challenge that notion of the word settle does anybody know 
what the origin of the word settle means. No. You want to know? And I, I made sure know. I pulled it up just to make sure. I, I know. I was about to look it up too. I was like, wait, let me look settle, it up. The origin of the word settle means to come to rest. It means mm. literally sit your ass down and have a break. It doesn't mean to lower your standards to attract somebody. So, so why do we use that word that way? Because society is normally dumb in a sense. You, <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have the dictionary that justifies all of these universal meanings mm-hmm. to a word. And then you have the etymology that kind of talks about the history of, of words, where it came from. Mm-hmm. Like they just put fin in, finna in the, in the dictionary as a word. Finna? Yeah. Like I'm finna, finna go? Yes. Oh, okay. Do you think that's really a word you can use in a in a um, business transaction or an essay? No. Why not? <laughs> I mean, well, now you can if it's in a dictionary or you quoting somebody like we finna I go. I dare you to put finna in your in your in your uh, college essay and see what your professor says. Of course, they're not gonna say that's proper grammar, but mm-hmm. um, we're just a society. I don't know where society is going nowadays. Like, I'm not even gonna <laughs> lie to you. Like well, it's ghetto out there. Well, let's not let's not veer <laughs> off. Let's not veer off. I want to go back to the to the settling terms. So let's spin to go back to what the subject. Spin <laughs> to go back to settle. So settle just means to take a rest, take a break, sit down. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that you are you are lowering your standards for a person. If you're lowering your your standards for a person, what does that say about the person that's lowering their standards? Mm. It's almost like an avoidance tactic. I, I picked a bad person, so I'm going to say I lowered my standards and settled with this person, but not recognizing something about me attracted this person, mm-hmm. and I picked this person. Mm-hmm. Two different things. There's an analyzation in you as the picker. You can't let nobody into your space that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. So that's what I'll say. No, I don't think people settle. I think people get the reality that... You think you're here, but you're not. Mm. Can't get above your experience. That, that you said can't get above your experience. I -hmm. like that. I like that a lot. See, that makes sense. That makes Mm -hmm. sense than settling. Mm -hmm. Just like almost like when you hear women say, niggas ain't shit. Then you hear some men say, bitches ain't shit. Mm -hmm. You got a little be, you got to be a little bit of ain't shit to keep picking ain't shit. That's true. It's a little bit of you. And when you get you better, when you do better, when you change your, your thought process, your vibration, your frequency, your surroundings, you will get a better outcome. So, you're not going to attract that. Yep. You're going to be above it. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Yeah. All right. Throw, throw a question to me. All right. So I got you. Oh, what would you say are positive characteristics in a woman? And what would you say are negative characteristics in a woman? I'm going to start with the negative. Okay. I feel we are judgmental. Mm. I like that one. Keep going. Honestly, that's what I want to hear. I feel we are very judgmental. We expect a lot from men, but we have shortcomings that we are not willing to come. We're willing for men to accept our shortcomings, but want a lot from men. And we judge them. We do. Like we judge a man by his career or by um his circumstances his his upbringings and we could have the same upbringing or financial and it's okay so i feel like that part shouldn't is not right mm. 
like I, I shouldn't the honesty. That's what we that's what the men are listening want to hear. They want to hear some real honesty and not the, me, not the deflections. Uh, you speak to 30 son year old Dominique now. 20 son year old Dominique when has said that. <laughs> I when has said that. I do feel we're very judgmental. Um I feel sometimes we're not realistic. Mm. I feel like we are conditioned to fairy tales. And I'm not it could be kind of society that, you know, Disney movies and, you know, these these books that we read and stuff like that. So okay. I don't know if I could. Yeah, I can't. I don't know if I can blame that on women. ourselves. Well, Santa Claus Cupid. is. Yeah, keep it. Now I'm talking about, you know, Disney movies like a, they're supposed to be. I'm just going to be sleeping. Like if you really think about the sleeping beauty. So she just slept her whole life away till a man came and then everything, everything just just started. Well, like we I'll, think we think about all these the girl, the little mermaid, she was lost in the sea until mm-hmm. she she came up to the land and and now she don't even want to be under the sea no more. She want to be a whole new world. It's like <laughs> you, it's like you look at these movies and it's like it's always a man that's changing the woman's life, you know, well, and making it better. I will say you can say Disney as 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 a point of reference because mm-hmm. it always has that night of shining and armor, the happily ever after mm-hmm. ending, and life is just not that. Yeah. But it also speaks to I think a upbringing where society had a structure that men came to marry a woman in order to create a mm-hmm. family. So it's not too far off on what the dynamic is, yeah. but I think the fairy tale about everything is going to be happily ever after is the mm-hmm. worst. And then I don't think any of the Easter bunny, Santa Clauses and all that other stuff helps because you have all these depictions of what you think it's going to be. And then you get into the world and you're like, Hey, that's none of the stuff y'all said. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And life is not as nice. And people are not nice out. You know, so, you know, even with the police officers, like, Hey, police officer, when you're a kid and when you get older, you're like, yeah, that's not the same energy I was getting when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird, but I appreciate the honesty. But now I'm gonna give you an opportunity because I'm gonna push back and say those negative things are also on men's side as well. But I yeah. want to give you an opportunity to give me some positives so that the listeners know that we're not ganging up on one side. We're not one sided. We're trying to explore all angles of a situation. I feel women are great compromisers. Explain. <laughs> I feel like and I know this may sound like she just said we're judgmental how can we mm-hmm. compromise uh, yeah listen contradictions so, <laughs> I feel when a woman's in love or when a woman wants to um initiate or be in a situation she can make it work I feel like as women we make it work if we love this man or we love this job or we love this place we gonna make it work we always I'm, can make us I feel like we could always we could always this, make a this house. This house you build is about to collapse. This house you build is about to collapse. No, that's I, a I weak, do believe that's a weak foundation. I do believe that we're great compromisers. I feel like we're always able to make things work. Like no, we're I, y'all could be good compromisers, yeah. but the, the the definition you gave is about to come crumbling down on you. Know that. All right, so let me so. give you another definition. <laughs> let me give to, you another I was about situation. To wreck I'm going to wreck it. <laughs> I know. Okay, so let me give you a better situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, me and my girlfriends, I'll give a situation. One is always 
doesn't have a babysitter. One lives in Jersey. One always works. And then there's one that's always free. Mm-hmm. No matter what, every, every twice out the year, we always make it work to see each other. So I feel like we'll be like, okay, well, if you got the kid, well, let's see if this person could watch the kid. And then I'm going to make sure that I take off this Saturday. Like we just make things work. We know how to get it done. That I don't, every woman that I know finds a way to get it done. We're great compromises. We know how to make things work. I thought that was called adulthood, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, come on. Give me, give you me said, you said get it done. And I'm like, yeah, everybody kind of got to get it done. That, that we make one, it happen. Because of maturity. No, we make it happen. I'm we talking about happen. the definition you're giving to the word that you say. I'm, it's not a line. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to give, trying so to understand you, where, where it connects. I just feel like maybe I'm not giving good situations, but I just feel like we want a positive thing about women. Every woman that I know they make it work no matter what they make it work no matter what obstacle they have in their way they make it work they're great compromisers they wait they they know how to fit, fit themselves into any situation and make it work but now you have to express how does making it work equate to women being 80% of the people that's filed for their first time divorces that's not making it work this divorce thing, I'm not, I, I can't, I can't. Listen, we're no, having this a conversation, numbers. so I'm going to pull stuff that really, we said. I know, and I really can't justify that. I, honestly, I'm not going to sit here and try to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Like, I, I can't justify the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. And then a second ago, you said something about love, and then my mom like, I, I, I think we throw that love around too, too, too loosely. Because but love, I just feel, love is not making it work. But are we marrying the right people? These are the questions that need answers. I don't know what's going on. I don't even think we're around the right people. I just think we're a bunch of people thrown into neighborhoods because this is what we can afford to be around. I agree. I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like people are just custom to, okay, well, we've been together for a while. The next step is to get married. We're not, we're not doing the work. We're not stepping out of our bounds. Like I look at my little brother, for instance, like, he decided to go to Chicago for school and he's in a a wonderful, he's young. He's 26. He met a girl randomly. Like they, like it wasn't on some, okay. They were dating, like they were on Tinder, whatever. And they're, they're living together for two years. And it's like, okay, if he never got out of the Bronx, would he have met that girl in Chicago? You know? Nope. No. So it's like, we kind of like don't give ourselves the opportunity to meet people, to find love. And it's like, we're like, okay, we can't find love, but are we making like, even me as a person, I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe my man ain't here. Maybe I got to go somewhere else. And so you, you don't condition your mind to like, think that it's not me. Maybe it's my location. Maybe it's my mindset. Maybe it's all these other factors that I'm not looking at, I'm dissecting just what's in front of my face. Like maybe I'm not supposed to be here. And this is the reason why I'm going to marry Joe Schmo instead of marrying John Smith. Cause I but, ain't taking chance. But everything you said, doesn't that start with you? It does start with me. Why are you here and not there? Why are you on Tinder versus this? Why are you expecting the person on social media or on Tinder to be the person that you want to fall in love with. 
I think I think normally we come with too many expectations. We do. We do. Versus we, just trying to figure it out. Just like, trying to figure it out. Nothing's going to be easy. Nothing's handed to you. You just got to mm-hmm. figure it out. And the more that you figure it out, the better opportunities you'll have to assess character, yeah. to assess people. But if you're expecting every single time you go on uh, a dating app or every time you go out on a date with a person that this is just supposed to work out because you picked this person. No, there's a lesson. Mm-hmm. And why you pick this person and why you're getting this experience. Everything is supposed to make you grow. So if you're not learning from it and you keep repeating the same courses, it, yeah, it, it comes back to you. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. So which question you got? Okay. Let's see. Wait, I only said one positive thing about females. Oh, okay. You got more? <laughs> you only said two <laughs> negative things about, about females. But they were good. I like it too. That was a, that's the best honesty you got all time. <laughs> Don't come for me like that. I think I'm pretty honest. I'm basing things on my experience. I'm so it may, it may, I know, I know. This is entertainment. I know. One more. Let's see. Let me give the ladies one more before I start getting hate mail from the females. Like you said, we were judgmental. We are not judgmental. I'm like, yeah, you judging me now. Let me stop. <laughs> I feel, Um. let me see. And I'm thinking, I'm not trying to just deflect on myself. I'm trying to think of all the women in my life. What is the common positive thing that I see in them? We have hope. I feel like we have hope. Hopeless romantics? What do you? What no, do you we have hope. Hope like, is bland. We need context hope. on this on this podcast. So we gonna, I feel we gonna, like we, we talk have, to people. I feel like we have. We're optimists. I'll use a better word. We're very, we're very optimistic. A lot of females that are in my life are very optimistic. Like through the the things that they've been through in their life has not defined them as a character, as a person. Like they they're very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Triumphant, I guess. Like they they push through. They push through their diversity. And I feel like that's that has to be optimism. I see I see a lot of females that are the optimistic, and all the females that I, I've encountered have different stories of adversity or just different things that they've been through. And I feel like they've made the best out of their situation. So I feel women we have that attribute. The one positive trait I and the reason why I ask this question, the one positive trait I think women have that men don't have is unity. Unity. Y'all stick together on more things than men do. Men do not care about. I, women go out on vacations together. They go out to lounges and clubs. That together. is true. That is true. Women we have do. each other backs. Women Our friendships join are, are other a lot. Women causes. Women have a certain type of unity that don't exist with men. And men is kind of like if it's not what I want, then I really don't care. I, I, we, we've been on group text where we're like, yo, we're going to all meet here. And then everybody fall asleep. Nobody send that text to link up. It's kind of like, yeah, we kind of knew it was going to get together. Anyway. But we need that women. We need that. We need sisterhood. We, we need it. Yeah. Y'all got it. That's, that's the one, that's the one positive. Cause who I, could I we be vulnerable list. to? <laughs> like we got to be vulnerable to somebody. Well, somebody sure got to understand all these emotions we going through. We got to talk to somebody. Just to make sure for all the women that's listening, when you want to be vulnerable with your friends, you go to somebody to give you good advice. Stop going into to your dumbass friends and making that try to make sense. <laughs> and that's why I went to therapy, because sometimes I know... <laughs> 
there's some things that I just can't tell my friends because I'm not going to get the right advice and I need to speak to a professional. So I have learned that. I learned I have my good time friends. I have my venting friends. I have my my vacation friends, my my educated friends. I got friends for every situation. But sometimes when it comes to life, you need professional help. So I, I, I have my therapist. I got two. Two groups of people when it comes to talking. Mm-hmm. I need people that's going to challenge what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then I need this, listeners. Mm. Those are the only two I need. I don't need anything else, but I need somebody when I, I need to be challenged on what I'm thinking. Yo, this is what I'm thinking. Please help this make sense. Mm-hmm. Or, make hey, I'm going sense. through something and I just need you to listen. Mm-hmm. No response or nothing like that. But those are the two forms of therapy that I seek mm. when I'm going to a therapist. I need somebody to listen, but I also need somebody to help me understand what it is I'm thinking and is my mind frame correct? So those are the two groups that I have. Okay. All right, so, so what's your question? Well, you didn't. You know what? Now I I kind of want to throw that question at you. What's up? The what positive and the negative. In men? In men. Oh, man. Which one you want me to get first? Get the positive. Threw, threw me on the spot right now. Um. Hey, you threw me on the spot. <laughs> I would say generally i don't want to like uh target any specific group but i think Mm -hmm. men have a certain passion to conquer which could be a positive Mm. they want to prove that they can do this or they can accomplish this okay especially if it comes with some type of competitive nature they will definitely step up to the plate and i think that's Mm -hmm. that's a positive to keep you on on a on a track of accomplishing something before you die negative trait i would say that that same energy pushes a lot of men towards a greed aspect Mm. going chartering on the lines of i don't care who i hurt to get what i want Hmm. i think that's a bad trait and that could show up in business and that can show up in relationships. That can even show up in family. Mm-hmm. So it's good to be passionate and, and goal driven. But the negative is you got to also be uh, cognizant and aware of who you might hurt along the way. Yeah. I can agree. I feel like when men are determined, they don't <laughs> care. They want to get something done, they get it done. And I admire that about men. I'll be like... Shoot, they don't care. They just get it done. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care what's gonna happen. So I, I, I admire, even though it may, you know, be both a positive and a negative. I, I do admire that about men. So is it my turn? My, my turn. My turn. Yes. What has society, aka the powers that that be, <laughs> say about traits of a woman? trying to challenge what you gave me versus what society has deemed society now makes it feel like women can't be can't be emotional that is a sign of weakness and you know women now that we are socially in power you know politically and in our and professionally it shows weakness if we're emotional about something that we're not supposed to be emotional. 
when we're passionate about things. And I feel like sometimes we need emotions in certain things, especially me when I was a manager. I feel like sometimes me being personable and me having emotions was my advantage over men in the same position as me. I felt like I was able to relate to people better and I got the outcome that way by being, I guess, emotional or sensitive or more vulnerable than just being straightforward and to the point like they expect you to be in society in these political roles or these professional roles. So I feel like us being emotional in society is negative and today in these powers that we have because before of course women were not held in such high roles in professional as managers and in political officials and stuff like that so I feel like we have to work extra hard to feel like we can get the job done because we are females well I will agree with you and say that yes you can't give the emotion that you probably would in a situation when you're on a certain tier. Mm -hmm. But I would say that speaks to what might be difficult in relationships because women, as you said, that are now uh, working and uh, and having the same stress that men are having, women are becoming men in modern day society. Mm -hmm. They're working just as hard. They're making the same amount of money. They're having the same amount of stress. So now the question I'm going to ask you is, how does this affect the men and the dating aspect between men and women? I feel women don't learn. They're not learning how to turn it off. Mm, That's a good one. They're not learning how to how to be feminine, you know, anymore because they they're so structured. It's like you can't turn it off. Like if I'm this way and that's why I kind of happy that I'm not in a manager role anymore like I'm just an individual contributor I don't have to like put up I felt like I had to be a certain type of way and now I feel like I don't so it's not really an on and off switch anymore this is just who I am Mm -hmm. and I, I feel like it's hard because of course women back in the day didn't make as much money as as men did or didn't hold these positions as they do now so they didn't have that type of power and i feel sometimes women you know we we take it a little we we kind of take that power and we we ego trip a little bit like i don't need you to do this for me i could take myself out or i can do this and i could do that but it's mm-hmm. not it's a it's a companionship we're, we're human we need we need that we need that balance and it's like it's hard to turn it off and on so I feel like it's a it's a it's a catch twenty two. It's like okay, I want to be successful. I want to hold political power. I want to be able to be the manager at my job or be the VP. But why can't I be myself? So you know, you know what's funny? I, I want to I want to push back a little bit on what you mm-hmm. said in terms of women now making the money. I've seen and witnessed situations where a woman might get a raise and make more money than the guy Mm -hmm. and then start flexing that in their face in arguments. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? And how do you think that'll change? Because to me, it comes with a lack of respect, not just for men, but for specifically black men. Mm -hmm. 
So you won't disrespect your boss, but you will disrespect the man that you're trying to build a future with. So yeah. I'd like you to speak to that a little bit. How do you how do we change that? I heard somewhere where they say um, women are are now their relationships are their jobs and not men. Like you said, they they treat their boss better than they treat their their husband or they treat their employees better than they treat the people they live with. And I just feel like it's 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 not right. I just I the condition of me having that role. I feel where you ego trip. It's it it takes over you, and it's like, how do you balance that out? It takes a strong personality to balance that out because you're told like, I'm the boss, I'm making this money, I I'm in control of these employees, but your your companion is not your employee. <laughs> your your companion is your equal, is your partner, is your balance, you know. And it's like we we come home, and how do you? strip that off you know how do you take those layers off and so you feel like when you come home like well damn I'm doing I'm making the bacon I'm doing this I'm doing that what are you doing and it's like it's hard it's really hard to to be a woman with that with the power I don't feel like we I feel we struggle with that I feel like we struggle with the power how do we balance that power and make it into and, and be more feminine like me I don't even want to make like decisions like that no more like I had to make so much decisions decisions at work I don't want to make decisions when I leave I'm I'm now in the point of my life that I I don't I don't you want to go you want Chinese let's eat Chinese like I'm with it <laughs> because it's like I, I'm so tired of being held accountable or responsible like I like the fact that a man makes a decision of where we're going or what we're doing. I don't want that control anymore because it's like, it's like a green monster. It, like it, it's like the venom. It's like, it takes over you. The blackness takes over you and you just, you, you try to strip it off and you trying to be Spider-Man, but you venom. Like you can't, you can't take it off. And it's like, I don't know if women, we have the DNA or we have been trained or structured how to balance that out. Because we question. You said something that's that's great, but I wanted to interject because you said women don't know how to wield that power. Mm -hmm. If women don't know how to wield the power that they just have acquired over the last few years, Mm -hmm. how do you expect men to explain how to wield that power that they had for centuries and still haven't been able to manage? I just feel like how it's, it's, it's women don't know how to manage the power and men men don't know how to be emotional. It's just, it's a side. Am I blaming society? I'm kind of blaming society. Cause like, <laughs> how are we, how are we fixing this? What are we doing to change? You know, what, what are we teaching? It's gotta be taught from a young age. You know, it, it can't just be something that we wake up at 35 and 36. And then we learn in a class, like they teach us a seminar or something and we get it. <laughs> it has to be, it has to be a, a 180 in the culture. And how we train our children. But who's teaching our children? We are. Yeah. No, not. Society is. Well, society is. Culture is. But what I'm saying is. it's While you're at work, that child is being fed the same curriculum that you were fed. Exactly. The same curriculum that that parents are being fed. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to break the cycle when you are so worried about working and paying bills. 
and then they're going to grow up and have kids and they're going to be too worried about working and paying bills. And then they're going to have it's a it's a repetitive cycle of where I don't know if people are paying attention. You have these corporations that are made by men that Mm -hmm. are in power to make profit by any means necessary, Mm -hmm. regardless of who they kill, regardless of who they injure, regardless of who they affect. And everybody that's coming into this world of working has the same structure because they're looking upward towards towards the system that's in place. Mm -hmm. And now we have women coming in, getting the same opportunity to follow the same structure of what's in place. We're kind of making everybody unemotional. Because in order to get to your goal, you're taught that you got to hurt some people along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think those emotions kind of hurt our relationships. I agree. And I feel like there's certain things that men are taught when it comes to power and sportsmanship, like sports. I feel like if women were more into sports, we would be able to learn how to cut some emotion. Because if you think about sports, like you can't, you get fouled for being emotion or if you showing emotion or something like that, or, you know, it's a structure to the game. There's no, you out of bounds, you out of bounds. Like, you dribble, you dribble. Like, it's like, it's rules. Rules are rules. And it's like, I feel like that structure in sports and other, like, things like that, women were not taught. And so it's hard for us to digest that in in in, in business mm-hmm. and sportsmanship because a lot of business has sportsmanship in it. And these are the rules. Don't take a, prof- you know, at the end of the day, you lose the game, you shake the hand and you move. Like women, we don't, we, we're not built that way. We lose, we, we tight. Like I'm not shaking your hand. Like we, it's just different dynamics that we're taught. And I just feel like we want the same things, but we're not taught the same way. So mm-hmm. how could we, how could we be equal, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's better for a man to be in power than a woman to be in power. I feel like we can do what a man could do, but we're not taught the same things. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was great. So I will throw it back to you for a question as we okay. continue to build. I don't know how much longer you want to go on the podcast. Still got more okay. I got more. We could talk. You a talker. I'm a talker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So go ahead. What's your next question? All right. Let's see. Let's talk about intimacy. What's up? What is the difference between. I think women, we have a different perspective on intimacy versus sex. What are from a man's point of view? What is your difference between intimacy and sex? Uh. So I would say sex has been a convoluted uh, definition. Mm-hmm. And intimacy is because we don't use that word more than we use sex. But we still use it just as much in society. It kind of gets convoluted as well. Mm-hmm. So the difference I would say is sex is something that we have bastardized in all forms of life, mm-hmm. television, uh, work. <laughs> so like some people use sex as work, uh, to, to, to come up, um, music. I think, I think it's, it's become just as taboo to where I remember in the, as a kid shows where the husband and wife didn't sleep in the same bed. And now like people are sleeping together in the same bed, the same mm-hmm. household, 
um, uh, uh, LGBT uh, shows are showing more on television. So it's not it's not taboo no more. It's just mm-hmm. it's out there. Kids mm-hmm. are learning at faster ages. Uh, cell phones. Kids have cell phones now. And I've seen nine year olds actually Googling sex on their mm-hmm. phone and stuff like that. So it's it's hard to 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 wrangle what sex is other than an act mm-hmm. at this point. Mm. Intimacy <laughs> is, yeah, it's literally just an act. It's just yeah. something that we do now. It's something that we do as time goes by. Mm-hmm. And intimacy, people using it in terms of like, it's supposed to be something bigger and better than sex. But intimacy is more along the lines of time spent. Mm valuable time valuable connections mm. without the act of sex mm, that part okay yeah. that that's was my confusion but but that's that's, that's how i see it yeah the society doesn't see it like that but that's how i see it i've always tied sex as an act of course a sexual act mm-hmm. but there's sex without intimacy and sex with intimacy so intimacy to me feels like I have a connection with this person that I'm having sex with, that I want to spend the night with them, that I want to wake up with them in the morning, that we can have a good conversation, that we have chemistry. So you said sex, that's what intimacy is? I used to tie those two together. Oh, okay. So right. when you said that sex is just the act and the intimacy is actually the action of of wanting to be with somebody in quality time spent, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I can see the difference. Me, I used to correlate intimacy and sex as a, like you could have sex without intimacy, you know, basically just fucking. Um, and then intimacy, kind of like making love, kind of, I guess, like, you know, I'm passionate. The passion is there. So when you described it that way, I think that's probably how men see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if all men see it that way, but I'll, I'll give you this. So, I have these discussions with the with the acts on Monday on playtime, right? Mm-hmm. And I express to a group of women that if you're not, as they would say, fucking with a purpose, mm-hmm. what is your purpose? Is it just to come? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, now you're thinking like a man. Who most times it's just to come. Mm-hmm. But if your purpose is to connect emotionally, to harmonize on a, on a higher frequency, a higher vibration, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people have sex with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Like me being married and me getting sexual with my wife, it's to connect. Mm-hmm. It's to be deeper. It's mm-hmm. to be intertwined spiritually where 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 we come around each other and we can sense our energies and not where it was Mm -hmm. that's different versus the porn (laughs) sound over and over again Mm -hmm. like a lot of people watching porn and thinking that's what sex is like sex sex has two purposes Mm -hmm. connection with your partner and reproduction Mm -hmm. and if you're not having sex with those two goals in in mind then you're, you're doing it wrong i'd say so let me ask you a part two to that, because there's a lot of I've heard a lot of females have said that they have these pa- this passionate sex, you know, and and it's a connection, but then they don't have the relationship. 
How is that possible? Well, you got to. Or maybe that's in their head. You got to think about this. You just said women are working like men and in CEO positions like men now Mm -hmm. having the same stress as men. So women's sexuality is just as free as men now. Mm -hmm. But they're still thinking that they're operating as women. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the confusion comes in. You're 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 not. Your your DNA makeup is not built to have sex without some type of emotional connection. Mm -hmm. Actually, if you romance your woman throughout the day, you know, they get touchy and, you know, the moisture and all that stuff like that. All that stuff Mm -hmm. comes out, which builds up to the sexual act. Mm -hmm. Whereas men, we see and can go at it Mm -hmm. immediately. So a lot of times I think women are having these man type uh, thought processes when it comes to sex. Mm -hmm. But not realizing that they're still feminine. Yeah. That's what I said. Mm. Okay. Because I just feel like I guess this is where the situationships come in, where people feel like they're connecting more at sex, like they're in relationships and they're having intimacy or having sex. Let me not use intimacy because now we have correlated that is different than the act. Mm -hmm. They're having sex with passion or connection and, but it's not a reflection of the relationship. Like how, how are we doing? How, how is society doing this nowadays? Like, you know, we're making passionate love and and we're, we're, we're deep in each other. We're emotions, we're vulnerable. But then once it's the act is done, it's like, okay, well, I'll see you the next time that this passion or action happens. (laughs) Well, it's weird because society seems to be advocating for the shift of women to be more like men with their sexual freedom Mm -hmm. while shifting men to be more like women with their sexual freedom. So there's a, I guess, a natural confusion in the entanglement of sex between Mm -hmm. men and women Mm -hmm. because men are still trying to think like men, but women are trying to function like men. And that's where I think a lot of the disconnect comes because it's kind of weird to say you want a marriage and you want a husband and you want this, this and that while still out there having sex like you're a man. Mm-hmm. The two don't add up. They mm-hmm. normally don't equate mm-hmm. because there's a thing, I guess you can call like soul ties if you read a, if you read about yeah. it. Yeah. So the more people you have sex with, sex is energetic. Mm-hmm. It's to connect with your partner. So if you're mm-hmm. having sex and connecting with a bunch of shitty spirits. A bunch mm-hmm. of shitty energy. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, the apparatus on the man, the apparatus on the woman. Yeah. Man goes in, so he could be pushing bullshit into your system. And if mm-hmm. you're a man having sex with a woman that has bullshit in their system, you could be pulling out into yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you gotta assess who you're having sex with and stop lying to yourself that you can have sex without emotion. So you can have sex without emotions and still find a husband in, in your pursuit. So do you think? Do you think I know it's they say men can have sex with a lot of women and not have emotion. Do you agree with that? I don't agree. Okay. So I I feel and I hate to say like, you know, from my sexual past before mm-hmm. when I was single, the more that I had sex with somebody I didn't like, there was no connection. Mm-hmm. So I can actually last longer. I can actually talk a whole bunch of shit. But the minute that I felt connected to that person, it was different. Mm-hmm. And it didn't last long because everything felt heightened. It mm-hmm. felt on a different level. So 
that that's how I equate my experience. I can't talk for all men, but I think women in general that that date somebody they don't like and be like, uh, I've heard women say, you know, the sex was terrible, this, this, and that. But then over the years, when they actually started to like that person for who they mm-hmm. are, the sex became amazing because it's not about your feelings no more. It's about your spiritual connection or your energetic connection with that person, which makes it feel 10 times better. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So, sure go. Ready for me? Okay. I'm ready for y'all. Does what they say about the character traits in women differ from ethnicity to ethnicity and hmm. region to region? I agree. I do. I feel like the American culture for women is, is shitty. Like I just feel like they expect women to be a certain, to be feminine. They expect women to, you know, birth these kids and, and be the mother and the, the the supportive wife and the supportive mother that's going to be, take the kids to school and then have enough energy to make love to her husband at night. And also work a nine to five, go to school. It's just unrealistic things. It's like, I look at it like, a woman, we can do it all, but it's it's just too too freaking hard to do it all, up to balance it all. Like I I feel like me as a woman now, there is no way that I could have been a, in the position that I was in and be a wife mm-hmm. and have kids. I'm not built like that. I wouldn't have been able. I don't know how some like I know some women who were managers and they had two kids. They was in school and they just look they look tired. They looked. They just look like they were just existing. They were robotic. And it's like, how are you living this life? And I just feel like American culture is just, is robotic. I feel in other countries, they value, women, they have a role. They may not have much say or or political, um, more political vote or freedom, but they're valued as being women. They're valued for their beauty. They're valued for being a wife. They're valued for being, you know, a mother. I don't feel like it's a value in American culture. It's just a job. Mm. Well, you know, America is a business. Mm -hmm. America is a country that is a corporation out of Delaware. And the capital mindset of money over everything mm-hmm. kind of creates the identity in everybody that become that even comes to America. I watch a lot of videos online to try to learn more about mindset from different regions and how to communicate it better. And the one thing that I always find interesting is every other culture has certain beliefs and societal structures that can't be broken in those regions. And a lot of times those people come to America and still uphold their religion, their, their, their structures of the household, everything intact, mm-hmm. but come here just for the finance. Yep. They'll leave their whole family there. They'll come mm-hmm. get the money. Then they bring their family. But the thing about it is in American culture, if a man leaves to go to another country to make money, that wife probably not going to be home when he get back. 
Mm-hmm. So that brings me to, to, to that. The reason I brought that question up was I wanted to ask you, since we agree that it differs from ethnicity to ethnicity and region mm-hmm. to region, how do we as communities of color change the outcome in our dating perspectives when everybody else has their roots, morals, traditions that they abide by while we sit here and try to recreate something that we see a society go through? Why don't we have any unity? We don't have any unity because honestly, I feel like we don't have any culture. If we think about it, we're this is a, um, a melting pot. Like, and we're, like you said, we're built on capitalism. Like even the black culture in America, we weren't built here to love. We weren't built here to build families. We were built here to work. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're, we, that's the mind frame that we have. Like, yes, now we, of course, we're, you know, we're free and we have rights and stuff like that. But if we have no foundation, my grandmother, grandma, grandma don't have that foundation when do we start? Where do we build? And this is as a community, this is where we need the foundation. We need, we need healing. We need therapy. We need, I don't know. We need to just to get together like, and figure this shit out. Like, I don't know. But I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we're, we're, we kind of are repressed. Like people, like, I know we're supposed to be, you know, strong and, you know, slavery has been over and, you know, oppression has been over, but it's like, yeah, we have, but what was given to us to restructure? We never got no restructure. You know, when there's a, um, a depression, there's an inflation. What happened to the inflation? The emotional inflation. Not even the reparations. Of course, we need reparations to build us in economically back up. But what have we gotten to mentally build us back up? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we haven't took that class yet. They ain't teach us that in college. <laughs> you know, there's no seminar for that. So I just feel like we need to find that. Like, I don't know if all the therapists got to get together or the, the everybody uh, pick a pick a brother and a sister from a community and we all get together and talk. I don't know what we need to do with the foundation of it, but we need to build we need to build a foundation. We need to build a structure because we haven't oh, had it. I will agree. And I will say, you know, Slavery is still not over. Uh, civil unrest is still not over. It, mm-hmm. it, we're still not even seen in this constitution as human beings in the country. But I brought this up to point out how do we create our own identities in relationships, in, in the Black family structure, when we constantly looking outward to a societal standard that we didn't write? It's... it's it, it. It's like, like, to- I'll give you an example. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Okay. Please answer. The house with the picket fence, the child, and the dog. Mm. Whose narrative is that? That's the quote-unquote American dream. I know. But is that the Black American dream? No. What is the Black American dream? We ain't got one. Jordans. So what do you think we should start? How do we create, how do we create this? If we had to educate the listeners today, how would you say we begin to create the black family identity for love and foundation. It starts with us. And I know this may be cliche and a little like corny, like, cause we always look at sitcoms and stuff like that. One of the sitcoms that I really love is blackish. I just started watching it too. <laughs> I started watching it cause it came on BET and it's like, you know, it's a dynamic of a multicultural family, you know, rainbow and um, Anthony, Anthony Anderson and the dynamic of, 
their families and how they blend it. But it's like, it's really an example of how they're making their own history within their family because of their dynamic. Like she came from a different culture. He came from a different type of black culture and they blended it together. I think it all starts with us. Like we have to say what our dream is. And then once that flusters into us, it's going to fluster into their kids into that. Like I look at it um, on my mother's side. None of us have kids yet. My sisters don't have kids. My brother don't, doesn't have kids. I don't have kids yet. So what is, what are we leaving now as a legacy? Now that we have the time to build on, because we don't have a family, we don't have kids, we got to build on ourselves. What are we doing to make ourselves better? So, you know, I try to reach out to my brother and I try to educate him on emotion, on, on wealth, you know, on legacy. Like, what are we leaving our, our family? Not just financially, what are we doing differently? Like, what generational curses are we breaking? We are breaking addiction because nobody in my and that in the bloodline is addicted to anything. We're not addicted to any substance abuse. We we have learned through, you know, therapy and we have learned through seeing what our family has gone through through that generational curse of addiction, substance abuse that none of us have have that because we have talked it out. We have talked usually the black community when you have you or oh, you always got that drunk uncle or something like that. But why is the, the uncle drunk? What what make why he why he going to to the alcohol? Why he going to you know to smoke weed? Why what is it in his mind that he can't live everyday life? So we having those conversations. Like what is making you depressed? Why do you feel like you're stuck? What is, what what could we do to get you out of this that you don't have to smoke? Ain't nothing wrong with smoking a little weed and having a little drink. Ain't nothing wrong. With, but if you feel like you need that to survive or to cope from everyday life, what are we doing? to um suppress that to to make you a better person and I feel like having those conversations of you know we come from a a generation where you don't talk talk, tell your business and you don't find out things to somebody past or whatever the case may be but if you don't know what your family tree is like or the dynamics of you know depression or substance abuse or different dynamics like that how could we heal and I feel like you got to do the work we gotta we gotta have those uncomfortable conversations and I think that's how it starts so I feel like it starts with us breaking those those negative connotations of not keeping family secrets and not talking or just like oh well that's just the crazy the crazy cousin or the crazy aunt what made them crazy like why they that way like did we have a conversation to them like what's bothering them why are we just leaving them crazy like what are we doing to to break it what are we doing to fix it you know or not just 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 leaving it as it is that's how i feel we it starts with us gotcha that's a good answer it definitely starts with us and I definitely don't know how to create the structure for the entire, like, you know, black community. Mm-hmm. But I would say the one thing that I try to do is stop focusing on everybody and start just focusing on us. Yeah. How do we win at this game? How do we mm-hmm. win this race? How do we get ahead? And then hopefully we can set up something for the legacy of the children who can mm-hmm. set up a legacy for their children, set up the legacy for their children. But I think too often we're looking at, societal structures we're looking at instagram we're looking yep. at social media to try mm-hmm. to find out an identity versus creating our own yeah so. i agree mm-hmm. i do totally agree with that i feel like we're we're looking for outside validation for internal things and i feel um even seeing you know you and you and and stephanie together that that like really 
I really admire you guys in relationship because it makes me feel like, okay, you guys got together around in your 30s. And I'm like, okay, you can find love again. You can learn from your mistakes. You can blend families. It's possible. Like, it doesn't have to be the drama. It doesn't have to be um, infidelity. Like, you guys both you know, you divorced and then you met Stephanie and then you guys blended your family. Like it can be a a healthy dynamic. And when you see those things, you're like, okay, it's possible. So if I see my friend doing this, then it's possible for me to do this. And if I see my cousin doing this, it's okay to do this. And then, and maybe if I see my best friend doing the same cycle, I could like, you know, friend don't do that because I learned from this friend that this is the way to do it. So I just feel like if we all kind of focus in our own little circles and we look out and it's also the company you keep, of course, as well. And you're not, like you said, looking at the social media and things like that. But if we kind of just look in our own like family, like how they said, you know, it takes a neighborhood to, it takes a, a village to raise a kid. Like we got to really focus on the village. We be focusing on celebrities and focus on people in Canada and different things like that. If we're not focusing what's going on in my neighbor, na- I don't know what's going on with my neighbor. How can I be worried about what's going on in, in the UK or, and it's not, it's okay to know those things, but if I don't know what's going on with my neighbor, then what's going on? What am I doing right for my community? Mm-hmm. If I'm not helping my neighbor. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate it. You got another question? We'll keep going. Um, what about you? How you feel? Shall we talk too much? <laughs> no, no, no. You know me. I enjoy the conversation. Um, we're going at some point. We're going to transition to our, our relationship role play. So okay. you want to do one more question each? Okay, we'll do one more question each. Let's see. I really like that topic. That was, that was a good one. I could talk about that all day. Uh, hmm. I feel people don't know how to express. How can I say this to you? See, I see a lot of relationships and dynamics happen when people are not happy. How how do you how do we work through that as a man and a female? I guess from a male point of view. Like for instance, you're in a you're in a relationship and you see that your your wife is struggling or she's not happy. How do how do you how do you tell that person to take care of themselves? And be there for them, but have them put themselves first. I guess I don't know how <sighs> I phrased that right. You're trying to get me in trouble here. All right, so uh, I, I said outside scenario. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I can use a little bit of personal and outside. So if you are in a relationship with somebody, you should, especially if you're married, you should know what cheers that person up by now. Mm-hmm. There's been enough time invested to know what makes your partner happy or what makes your partner smile or what brings your partner's spirit up. Mm-hmm. So I know if Steph is having a bad day, um, I can sense it. I'll talk to her first to see where her head is at to try to figure out what she's experiencing. I never go in thinking, I know, mm-hmm. but I will ask her, like, so what's going on? Now, depending on the severity, depends on how I'll try to assist Mm-hmm. If she's telling me she's having a bad day at work, I know if I order some seafood, she'll be happy. <laughs> I know that for so like, yeah. She loves seafood. So mm-hmm. anything seafood related will bring up. But like if it's deeper than that, then let's, let's have a conversation. How how can I assist? How can I help mm-hmm. you? So I'm I'm a good communicator and I communicate often. If you're the first, is this your first time listening to this show and you've never heard me speak before? I am an advocate of weekly reports. 
And the reason why I like mm-hmm. weekly reports is because when I was in school, I got the report on Friday. My parent will find out how bad I'm doing. So I know I got to do better next week. So every week I lay down with Steph. Hey, how do you feel? I've communicated with you. How do you think I helped you along your way? How do you think um, I've supported you? And is there anything I can do different? And we'll share how we feel we've been treating each other so that that way it doesn't linger and start to fester and become a, a resentment. Because I feel like if you don't communicate well or you don't communicate often, then there's like this uh, uh, in houses, they call it like like fungus in the walls. Yeah. If you don't if you don't see to it, then eventually the entire structure will go. Mm-hmm. So I'm an advocate of weekly reports, checking the words, checking, checking with your partner. Make sure you check in, do a report, do a report check, make sure everything's good. It's almost like running a diagnostic on your car. You love your car, run a diagnostic on it real quick. Make sure everything's up to par. Every three months, you got to get that oil change, run a diagnostic in your relationship, make sure Mm -hmm. everything's um, up to par. So I've been second part of this question. Um, So. I love the, I don't know, maybe I love the Red Table Talk. I've been watching it more often than than lately. Um, lately, I've been watching a lot, um, not because of the entanglement that they had, but just the to have those real conversations with people. Like the first two seasons, I really didn't watch. Like I started watching it, you know, when the entanglements and every other, you know, popular people were coming on. But the first season, she really focused on happiness and loss and, one thing I remember when she had her first conversation with Will at the table, she was like, I was so unhappy. And she's like, my husband's job is not to make me happy. It's for me to find my own happiness. How do we, uh, how do men allow women to find their own happiness without feeling like it's their responsibility to make them happy? Well, how do you balance that out? I think that's the, the, the thing that kills most relationships is, People thinking that there's going to be this one person that comes and makes you complete. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nobody can fulfill you. Nobody can make you complete. Nobody can make you happy. You are your own happiness. Mm-hmm. And even when people that are not happy with themselves date, I always ask them when they say, you know, I can't find a good person. All many. It's, 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 I say, well, if you're not happy with you, you don't think a person that's around you senses you're not happy with you. Exactly. And you're not so, even your true person. You're not you're not your real person. But your energy is not yeah. saying I should marry you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your energy is saying negativity, it's saying defeated. So why would I go into this energy and invest time other than sex? Because men are always take the sex. Mm-hmm. Why would I why would I invest anything other than just to see how this test drive is? Mm-hmm. You have to have more value of yourself and more input in yourself. And that takes work takes therapy it takes time mm-hmm. but if you are broken in your own assessment of yourself you should not be dating because you'll mess around and ruin somebody else that's perfect for the situation almost yeah. like that that stupid show you had me watching the other day <laughs> I, I swear i hate married that show. at first sight <laughs> yes i hate that show and that dude he, he's a trip he's a trip <laughs> And the story continues. <laughs> and I can't believe that she actually comes every episode and pretends to want to try. Because well, of my she's mom. Kinda, she wants a divorce now, so. She should have wanted one the day of. Exactly. But listen, but that also speaks to her mentality of, I can't find somebody, so I'm using this show. Yeah. 
that's supposed to be experts to partner with somebody who they Honestly, couldn't vet out was horrible. I kind of thought about being on that show. I ain't going to lie. I would only go on the show for entertainment. I wouldn't go on the show really trying to find a spouse. That's just me. I think 50% of the people go on there trying to find love. I think 50%. From- How, okay. Let me just ask you from, from a common sense aspect. <laughs> How can somebody else find you happiness? They, they don't, they're not, it's like they, it's like, okay, the, it's like a, what is it? The, um, the dating people, the dating experts, whatever, like you go to a dating person, it's just an extra step. It's like, you're not dating, you marry, you married to date or dating, not dating to marry, you married to, you're, you're married to date to stay married, I guess. That's the similar to going to a dating website trying to find you happiness. It's a little seriously. So you don't believe in dating apps? Any work that you don't put in your on your in yourself is not serious. That's, so you that's don't, how I feel. But I feel like what they're doing is people are having a hard time finding compatibility. So the experts find the compatibility, the most compatible, and say, "Okay, try to make it work." What is it about you that's having difficulty finding the compatibility? No expert's gonna find that. Something in you. Either you're having the wrong bait, or you're fishing in the wrong pond, or you have the wrong expectation. But it's something in you that has to be able to do this that you can't rely on the expert to do. Because the first thing that everybody's going to say when they go through this thing, which I, mm-hmm. I saw in the episode, was blaming everybody else. They blaming the experts. Yeah, we all blame the experts. <laughs> in my mind, like- I'm just like, this is my first time watching this, and I'm not learning from it. The experts yeah. are not teaching me, and I, I watch and listen to stuff to better my thought process. And the in more- watching the show, I'm just like, they're not the, the experts are not involved enough for this. I think to it's because work. of COVID, because they were actually more involved in the the prior seasons that I watched. I don't know, maybe if there's some, How many but Zoom there is. You've been on? I have been. I don't. I have been. You're right. I just feel like. This season, the last two seasons, the experts ain't really, I don't know if it's production. I'm not trying to, but I feel like the experts were more in tune. I think, in I, think prior the ratings, I think the ratings have gone up with chaos because people like chaos. So they, they took a dating show and turned it into a dating show of, of Ratchet TV. But they, this has gone left. This, I would, I would say this season has gone left. Last season was interesting because it was during when COVID. So, everything was kind of different but this season has gone ratchet i would say this is some love and hip-hop type stuff this season but yeah let's transition i don't want to give anybody okay. else some free publicity, <laughs> but, I, but yeah well it's the talk of the town right now you know the girls every week be like chris i can't take him <laughs> and those are the same guys they date <laughs> that very true very true i ain't gonna lie Oh, sorry. Did I step on your question? Did I, did I answer your question? My you apologies. did. You answered my question. Okay. You did. Thank you. All right. So my last question is going to be. Mm-hmm. In your length of existence on planet Earth, everything that you've seen from start mm-hmm. to finish, who possesses more wifely traits? Your generation? Your mother's generation? Or your grandmother's generation? <laughs> my generation my mother's generation or my grandmother's generation mm-hmm. <laughs> most people have their grandparents hopefully most people have their parents hopefully a lot of people don't have their greats so i'm not gonna go that far but which generation you think possesses the most wively traits or aspects this is sad to say mm-hmm. 
I can't say my grandmother because the experience, like my grandmother wasn't married, like my grandma was single. So I can't even say like, I, I can't, I don't, I don't have a, a, a reference when it comes to my grandmother's generation. I could, based upon what I've seen on TV, um, <laughs> I can't base it. And I'm just being, you know, you said well, with my experience, so I can't really base it on my experience from my grandmother. Um, I would have to say my mother, you know, I felt like that generation, especially the things that my mother endured in her, my mom was married twice. My mom was married the first time to her high school sweetheart when she had my, my sisters when she was 19. And then she got married again when she met my father at 28. So I feel like my mom, because when she got pregnant, she got married. That was just tradition. You got pregnant, you got married, you figured it out. And I felt like seeing the dynamic of my mother and how she just wanted to make her marriages work, even though they were with the wrong people, that was just the tradition. Like you just wanted to have that structure, the the father, the mother, the mother making it work and stuff like that. So I would have to say my mother's generation. This generation, I don't know. (laughs) I'm... It's ghetto out there. It's really ghetto. (laughs) Is it safe to say that your mother's generation is, you would say, 50s, 60s? 50s and 60s? My mom, yeah. My mom will be 60, 63 this year. You didn't have to put a business out there. I was just trying to get a range I mean, she looked good, though. She looked good, though. It don't matter. Okay, (laughs) so now that we got the range, why do you think it is different for your generation versus your mother's generation? And why do you think your generation is so gun holes to still be married if they don't possess those traits that your mother has. Cause I feel like marriage is not the same thing anymore. Marriage back in the day had more value to the woman because women were not breadwinners. So if a woman was married, it was a sense of security or a stability. Nowadays, you don't need to be married to be stable. You don't even need to be. Somebody told me the other day was like, cause I, I say, they're like, Oh, you don't want kids. And I'm like, I would like to be married first. It's like, you don't need a husband to have a kid. Like, you don't even need a man to have a kid now. And I'm just like, what? I mean, I know I don't. I could go out there. But it's like, that's not my mentality. Like, I don't want to raise no, I don't want to be no single mother. Like, and there's nothing wrong with being a, a, if you are a single mother, that that, I don't think you wanted to be a single mother by choice. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be a single mother by choice? Not me, because I'm old school. I'm traditional. I would like to have, I just feel a, dy- a dynamic of a husband and a wife with a kid is a different dynamic. I feel like you need a balance. It shouldn't just be, I feel when it's just one person and I'm not, I'm I'm a part of a single household and I feel like I was, I feel like I'm a pretty good person, but I do feel like there's some, some balances and there's some things that could have been better with me growing up if I did have my father more in my life and we had my my mother and my father had a better marriage and a relationship. So yes, I do feel like that dynamic of a of a healthy husband and wife, mother and father is important in raising a child. So I feel like we in today's society don't value that. That we feel like, oh, I could do it on my own. But you can't. I really don't feel like it's it's right. Like if we if you have to do it on your own and you do your best, I'm not saying that a child is better because they came from a two parent household compared to a single one. But I do feel like it's a 
it gives the child a better advantage. I'm not, I, that's my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but that's my personal opinion. So you said two things that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. One, when you, when the girl said that the first thing came to my mind was Chris Rock stand up when he was like, you can drive the car with your foot. That'll make it a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that and was I looked at her like she was crazy. She looked at me like, she looking at me like, I'm like by myself. Like, so and the second thing that you brought up, which interesting is as we try to go through life and get to the, the best aspects of it before our time is up here, mm-hmm. who the hell would want to fight a fight themselves? Exactly. So you can do it, but the more support, the more team, the more whatever you want to call it, it makes the fight a little more easier. But Who if you're trying to, to fight alone? everybody alone, it's crazy to me so with that being said and that mentality that you just uh uh expressed why do these type of generational women that feel like they can do it on their own and they don't need no man why are they so gun hold to still find a marriage if they're not committed to the full to the full um if they're not committed to the whole aspect of a marriage if they still believe they can do it on their own why do they want it so bad i think they fighting themselves it's contentment like okay this is not the best job i want but i know i got it and it's a it's a pretty good salary so i'm just gonna keep it mm-hmm. i know i can take care of this kid i, I want a kid so i might as well just have it mm-hmm. you know that's the mentality i feel you know what's ironic i throughout the day i try to come up with you know i write down a bunch of topics a bunch of questions just mm-hmm. to keep, keep my um my mind going and the one thing that i, I was thinking of is how contentment in your everyday life hmm. creates the imbalance in your relationship. Mm-hmm. It's so true. We all are content. We're going to school without understanding why we're going to school. Mm-hmm. We're all getting degrees while not working the jobs that came the from degree. the degree. Mm-hmm. And then we're all comfortable sitting there until retirement, but then demanding our relationship that everything works. <laughs> It's because we're putting too much. We're, we're putting too much in our partners and not enough in ourselves. We mm. feel like like a partner is supposed to make everything complete. And it's like, no, I feel like you should have your... That's why I don't ever want to rush a... Ch- when I have a kid, I don't want to want them to like be married until they're like late 20s to 30s. Because I think that's when you really get to know yourself as a person. And you know, there could be people who childhood sweethearts and they grow and develop together that's beautiful but what i'm saying is as a person i just feel like you just don't know who you are like until you hit these ages and it's like you content because society's like okay you're supposed to have a nine to five you should be happy that you do have this good job or this good union job or this good manager job and this is the american way you nine to five go home wake up do this again and then the weekend is Thank God it's Friday and um, brunch Sundays and all this like that. And then you go back to your boring ass life Monday through Friday, nine to five. That's not that's not life. And then you expect to have this this dynamic relationship that's supposed to save you from everything. And it's like, no, it's it's all a balance. Like you want a good job. You want I mean, you want to. Well, we we aim to have a great job. But, you know, realistically, everybody's not going to have a great job. Mm-hmm. You you want a, a good fair earning where you feel like you're appreciated at work. You have good 
you know, you have good benefits, you're able to take care of yourself, you're, you're able to have that balance. So, okay, you have that balance with the work, you have that balance with the life, you have that balance with your partner. I just feel like it all should tie in. Like one cannot be greater than the other. It all has to complement each other. And I feel like we don't have that balance in the American society. Definitely don't. Uh, one thing I think America benefits off is, is keeping people believing that something is valuable. It goes back to the gold thing you said earlier. It was like, um, why a uh, person valuing the gold? But mm-hmm. if everybody deemed that gold wasn't valuable, if everybody said the American dollar wasn't worth it, everybody said the working the nine to five wasn't worth it, if everybody said religion wasn't worth it, the government itself, America, would have to find something else for you to believe in. Exactly. And as long as you believe in something that we can create, we can keep you fixated here while we do this here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. So uh, that was a great discussion. It and was. Questions and all of that. So I think we did good for our first episode. We're not done yet. I know. I we mean, but I'm I, I talking. Yeah, we got to get this. Uh, So... If everybody's listening, this next segment is called the Relationship Roundtable. So what we're going (laughs) to do is we're going to act out a role between a man and a woman in a dating scenario. So let's see. Let me see if this uh, app just closed on me. So let me give everybody the background to what this is. So we have four personalities. (laughs) Type A, accountable, communicator, gives great advice, has great resolution skills. Type B, always says, but however, justifies, use justification, always um, makes excuses, but claims their role in, in the situation. Type C, lies about everything. Type D, blames everybody, um, deflects and is a poor communicator. Scenario that we're going to act out today is two people enter a lounge they go back to the girl's place. They almost have sex, but it doesn't go down. Later on, two weeks goes by. The guy decides to call her and go. So, because the app closed on me, I don't know. Oh, there it goes. Okay, let's see. This is yours. So you calling me or I'm calling no, you? No, no. I'm spinning the, the wheel. Okay. Oh, the personality. Okay. So you are type B. Okay. You will be, but however, justify excuses, but you'll claim your role in it. And my mm-hmm. go. Let me see mm-hmm. what it pops up. Okay. I got C. I'm a lie about everything. <laughs> this should be interesting. You ready? I'm ready. All right. You gotta pick hey. up. Hey. Hey, what's up? How's everything? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing I, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. It's been, it's been a mess since the last time we saw each other. Yeah, I've been busy. Work's been, you know, kicking my ass. Mm. How you been? I'm, I'm doing good. Just, you know, trying to figure out when the next time we can get up. You know, last time I was over there, you know, got got a little interesting. But, you know, trying to see how we can get back to that, to that, to that situation. Well, I mean, I guess you didn't miss me that much. You waited two weeks to call me. Uh, it's, it's been two weeks. I didn't even know it was two weeks. I thought it was like the other day, yeah. But you, you just said it's been a minute, so I guess you're not counting the days down. I guess you don't want it that bad. 
Uh, you know, time is not something I really pay attention to. You know, we we are we're kindred spirits on this earth. We got enough time. So um, yeah. So why you didn't call me? I told you not listening. I said I've been busy at work. It's been a bit crazy. You work kind of, huh? You work. Yeah, work. That's what why you. you that's why you left. What you do? <laughs> I'm an accountant. Oh, okay. So you like time and money and everything, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. But I thought I called you the other day. You what time? Let me check my phone. What time I don't know. You know the iPhones. They be funny. You know you got an iPhone or Android. I got an iPhone. Oh, I got an Android, me? yo. So that's why the Android, yo. We, that's the thing. Because I would have mm. FaceTimed you, son. I would have definitely FaceTimed you. You text me on what apps? What WhatsApp though? You could you could have video chatted me. Yo, see what happened was I was I was on the train, so I didn't want to you know all the crowd and stuff in the, in the background. But uh, but how can how can a brother get back over there? Um. Well, to be honest, like I I just felt like the vibe wasn't completely there. Like I felt like we had moments where it was and moments it wasn't. Just being honest. I mean, the, the vibe was right. I met you. We was back at your place. And, you know, it, it, it was interesting. I'm trying to get back to the vibe. Yeah, but I just, you're inconsistent. Like, I, I just felt like if you were into me, you would have called or checked up on me. You took a, a while to hit me back. But I but but I, I am interested. It's just that, you know, the phone had died. I, you know, I just got it repaired. So The phone been dead for two weeks? Yeah, because you know what happened was... You ain't gonna believe this. Um, mm. Yeah, the guy just took a while to get it done. So you know, that's what I did. once it got fixed, you're the first person I hit up. I ain't called my mom's or nothing. It was like I, I had to call Shorty to get back over there. But I saw you post on Instagram. Oh, because I was using the computer at work. Oh, but you didn't just, DM. Why you could have DM me? We we friends. I felt like you know if I DM'd you, it'd be like a like a scumbag move. Like why he got to DM me and not call me? So I just wait till the phone got fixed. Mm. Yeah, that's that's kind of not the way I want to communicate or deal with somebody on that type of level. I want to feel like I could be able to speak with you when possible. I just I just feel too much time has passed by. Uh, so are you try to cut it off or? I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is that what could we do to make it better? You're not taking accountable that I just feel you're making a lot of excuses and you're not really. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying I just got the Apple repair now. And, you know, Apple. Apple I, I thought you said you had an Android. I mean, Android. What's the Android repair stuff like the insurance? I got it now. So if my phone break again, mm. yeah, I can get at you directly, you know. But um, mm. yeah. So when the next time we can see each other. I'm not too sure. I got to check my calendar. Word, uh, I feel some type of way. Like, it, like it's you, tax, it's tax season, so you know we're busy as accountants. Oh, uh, word, yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot. Yo, you know, um, you didn't do your taxes yet. Um, I work off the books. Oh, we didn't discuss you know, that. What do you do off the books? You know, a little here and there. You know, um, I'm like a free. I'm a freelancer. Like I, I do, I do parties. I do. I do construction. I do. I do maintenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like being tied down to one job. It's like I, I like to be able to do what I want when I want. You don't look like you don't seem like you want to be tied down to anything. No, I just want to be tied down to you. That's why I'm calling you. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what it is. Cause I, I saw you, you know, I don't know if you know, we like in the same, you know, playtime group and stuff like that. And so I saw you talking to somebody else and I was like, oh, I guess he, you know, done moved on like Maya, you know. I don't talk to nobody in that like like you know it's just it's playtime we playing hey <laughs> you know we play it's playtime we just play yeah I, I feel you playing games <laughs> I can keep going <laughs> oh that's so funny I can keep going <laughs> you know, I finished you finished we got, him we got we got to put some <laughs> next time we got to put some rules so we either got to have a time link or like, I know right because I can keep going I can keep I was trying to keep going, but I was just like, I want to laugh so bad. It's just crazy. <laughs> keep going. I'm like, oh, uh, so he, I was like, you just keep bringing yourself in with the lies. I'm like, then you said you had a, you said Android, Apple, and then I'm starting to get like triggered from from past liars. Like, <laughs> y'all hear that, people? She getting triggered off of a relationship role play. Interesting. I start taking notes because I know what I got work to do. When I hear a lie, I start taking notes. You gotta, you gotta be like, okay, he said Android, like trying to catch you in your lie. Oh man, so that was fun. We look forward to doing more role playing stuff like that. The last thing we're gonna do on the outro is this segment is called DNA Decoded. Throw it to my co-host to give a summary of her synopsis of the episode what is your summation how do you feel anything you want to wrap up to the guests before we close out i just want to say that my perspective on men has opened up a lot especially when it comes to um being emotional and vulnerability and what i expect um and how hard it is for a man to to really communicate and we we put a lot of we put a lot of you know judgment on men and wanting them to be vulnerable and and emotional to us, but the dynamic of how they're raised in society is kind of really hard for them. So I kind of I kind of see it from a different view now. I guess I'm I'm stepping outside of me being a female and just being a human and and having that empathy and having that patience to understand that. And um, to wrap it up, I just feel like we all need time to just figure each other out. I don't know. We we just all need to come together. We just need to have a community. <laughs> we need to have a community board. You know how back in the days we used to have community meetings? We need to have a community meeting. They still do. We just ain't attending. <laughs> we ain't attending. Well, I need to attend one. Well, um, outside is, is okay. Um, and try to be more active and, and changing perspectives. And not just in my dynamic and my family, but really the community like let's start getting more community based because that's the only way we're gonna fix things is to get out there stop focusing so much on social media and um the internet world and really you know put my feet in the pavement and and make a change make a difference because i feel like we 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 have voice and i hope that this podcast people are able to listen and and deflect and share these situations and share these outlooks with people and we can make a change you know Mm-hmm. that was great how am i gonna sub this up so the topic was <laughs> how should we teach each other about oh i'm sorry what should we teach each other about men and women and mm-hmm. i think overall we need to learn to give each other grace and patience yes give each other the same grace and patience that you will want given to yourself 
Mm-hmm. You can't expect to have a short tolerance with everybody while expecting everybody to have a long tolerance with yourself. And I want to piggyback off of the great Michael Jackson song. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. Don't let them let clever. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. It all starts with you. You have to be the change that you want to see. You have to do the work to get a different reality. And you got to make sure that you don't make the mistake of repeating the past. Mm-hmm. Hurts that you have or childhood experiences that you've seen into your current situation. Let the church say amen. Hallelujah. Church say amen. So that was a good first episode. I hope the audio was clear. Uh, We will try to chop this up and have it online soon. Give them your social media handles, where they can find you, where they can reach you. Yes, you can reach me on Instagram at being B-E-I-N-G-D Renee. (laughs) So we got a few uh, platforms that we we are up on. on. So Twitter, uh, I'm at Mr. Anthony Smalls, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-S-M-A-L-L-S. And we also have the R-D-N-A podcast because they only have 15 characters. So I had to shorten it. They couldn't have the relationship <laughs> DNA up there. And somebody had already had relationship DNA. So that's where we at. Uh, Snapchat, I created Mr. Anthony Smalls, although I do not snap at all. I will you ain't start, got no filters. I got to start putting up some content <laughs> after we do this. And on IG, I still got Mr. Anthony Smalls. I also have Relationship DNA Podcast. But yes. also be on a lookout for the website. We're currently developing that. And we're going to start chopping this, this stuff up and start putting up on social media and on YouTube. So Thank y'all all for coming now. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> God bless. Good night. All right, later. <laughs>